friend, you got a friend, you got a friend in Jesus. You got a friend. Do your part, babe. You got a friend. You got a friend. You got a friend in Jesus. You got a friend. You got a friend. All right, test the mic. Testing, 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 fucker. I said I'm testing the mic, fucker. Get your fucking mic together, fucker. Erica, please stop <laughs> doing all that cursing. Testing, testing, one, two, three. That'll do. <laughs> Today I cannot give a fuck. Cause Karen cost me a fortune cookie that's laced with that Mary. I'm how I praise in the Lord. Today I cannot give a fuck. I say remember the Sabbath, rest and recover tomorrow. We gon' be back in the Saturday. Yeah, I cannot give a fuck. Cause I got none to give. But like I know with some kids, we all fall short of ideas. Hey, on my timeline, all I wanna see is my woman. Half naked turning down replies from niggas who want it. You can keep your disaster. They been draining my data. All the friction and fickleness only making me callous. I'd rather have a hard on and a hard heart. Put the pussy on the chain, wax salad cart. While I ignore the world's Problems like an oligarchy. Free love in this bitch like it's behind bars. Shake, 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 shake like an earthquake. Eat crackers. <laughs> you gotta threaten me with a good time. I love crackers. <laughs> Especially them club crackers, but I have to stop fucking with those because them got high fructose corn syrup in them. Oh, God. So I can't have nothing. Don't drink. No more high fructose corn syrup. Do y'all want to know the story of why everything oh, has high fructose, high fructose corn syrup in it? Have you ever heard of big soda, big beverage, big sugar, like big pharma, big brother, Monsanto? They, they create monocultures of corn. And you, you know what to do with all the excess genetically modified corn. Oh, well, you can turn it into corn sugar instead of using sugar you or cane sugar. You can put it in beverages. So half of the beverages that we drink, the commercial beverages, sodas and shit like that, got high fructose corn syrup in it. Corn. Corn syrup. Corn. What'd you say? Corn. Corn syrup. <clears throat> don't, don't, don't have high fructose corn syrup. Seriously. I don't think that we should be telling people don't have high fructose corn syrup. Eat what you want. Just know that, you know, the... The just know history. that it's political. <laughs> just know that instead of having regular cane sugar or some other type of sugar, sugar is fucked up. How do you say sugar? Sugar. 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 How come you don't sugar. call me sugar? Sugar. Sugar. How did we get here? We hey. ain't introduced this shit or hey, nothing. Hey, what? Hey, what? I love you. Why? <laughs> We hey gotta everybody. stop watching this old Hey everybody, this is our podcast, show. and we're here to join you with me. It's me, Ruth, and Watt. <laughs> we a brother and sister, and we love each other. And we Erica. eat lots of sugar. <laughs> High fructose. I take that back. Y'all can everybody do what they want. <laughs> Watch Ozark, binge Ozark, whatever you want to do. I don't, I'm just trying to Ozark. let you know. That's from Ozark, the show on Netflix. That's about white people getting away with crime, which is like a lot like life. So it was actually really boring, but I enjoyed it for three seasons because I'm losing it in the South. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. All right, you ready to end <laughs> I guess I'm just going to open it up. I was going to stop it and do some other shit and- but you know what? You know what? We, oh, we're keeping it consistent. Do y'all like the song game? Can y'all message oh, me? Oh, I forgot my damn song. Pick your song. All right. We, we ain't even, first of all, we can't get into no games, nothing before we introduce this podcast. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hood Rat to Head Rap. Hood Rat to Head Rap. Thank you for shortening <laughs> it. I like the staccato version. I like it. It's You're great. Welcome. We're going to keep going with that. And we're going to just do that like that there. So welcome to another episode of this podcast. You know, um, I am... You know, tired of everything. You know, I'm tired of. I'm tired oh, you of said you said screw the you said screw <clears throat> the no, game. No, no, I'm gonna do oh. an intro. I'm gonna do the game. Okay. You know, I'm just tired of everything. Even when I tell y'all who I am, I'm like, who am I really? Oh my. When word. I do this quotidian intro, <laughs> do do am I the person I'm? T- of course, I know who I am. Oh. But really, seriously, I've had a lot of time, thirty days straight. To really reconsider who I am. And it's in flux each day. And I'm able to notice the ever vacillating and oscillating changes that happen inside of my personhood. Yeah. But my name is Ebony. Geminis for now, are really just in a swirl in their brain. I'm in a swirl because I can't go talk to nobody new. <laughs> I need new people to talk to. Um... My name is Ebony Donnelly. You know, last name is in flux. You know, I'm still experimenting, so just <laughs> call me Ebony. A fun fact is that if you're not my friend, close, close, close friend, and I don't mean associate for whom I used to, you know, have relations, sexual or otherwise, oh, or, my Lord. you know, or somebody who I really don't like, but you don't know that. I mean, if you are my close friend or family, you call me Eb. You can truncate my name to Eb. I'm a nickname person. I'm very fond of nicknames. I have many nicknames that I've donned and given to others and people also have many nicknames for me my family nickname that my brother gave me is Tank so they call me Tank um, in my family my brother calls me that primarily but if you don't know me don't call me Ed just say Ebony I prefer that um, pronouns he him I'm from that deep east oh you can't if you don't know you can't go you know 9800 if you really want to get specific deep east Oakland Till the day I die, you know what I mean? That's one thing I do know about myself. Whether it's 4G or 5G, I know there's a Jesus in heaven. Who are you, babe? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Erica Hart. The last name is not in flex, but it is definitely of my slave masters, former slave masters. Um, And you know what? Fun fact, there is a place in the Bronx, an island, I think, off of the Bronx that is called Heart Island. Heart Island? Child, yes. And it's a cemetery. I'm like, my my slave owners or slave masters, what the hell would they be called? They're none of that. They're not your owner and ain't your master. What would they be called? <coughs> your, ca- your, captor, your captors. Your kidnappers. My kidnappers got a damn island in the Bronx. That's all cemetery. I wonder your if my user. ancestors are there. I don't know, babe. I mean, why you... would it be called Heart Island? Because they bought it. Mm, I mean, it's, it's, maybe it's, they had it for maybe it's their land or something. It's worth it to take a look. It's worth and, and, and worth a trip. Well, you got a whole bunch of time to just sit around and look up Heart Island. This is a fact. Yeah, my so stepmom sent me that. Lord, yeah, bless her heart. Actually, it's probably <laughs> have no bearing on y'all na- at all. Now that I know the source, now I know the source. <laughs> my pronouns are she and they. Um. Yeah, I don't know what else we say. I also don't know who I am anymore. Where are you from, Derry? I'm from Maryland, but I'm <clears throat> also from Puerto Rico, both places. I'm coughing because I'm motherfucking uh, clearing my throat oops. and I need some oops. water. Don't y'all Coronavirus. be here. <laughs> I'm saying that like I'm in your house. So with y'all, you y'all really don't know. are. You really are. 
But I see people be worried even if you cough on a podcast. That's true. When other people cough, I'm generally, you know, not in their business as others should be. Anyway, welcome to this episode. Thank you all so much for rocking with us. Thank you so much for your diligence and patience. Yes. We really um, endeavored to... (laughs) do this for the past three weeks yes but we also endeavor remember we said on the last one we was gonna do this more often yeah we sure did be on a regular consistent schedule sure did. <laughs> i sure did <laughs> well guess what guess what <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus <laughs> shit that was see i can't even put that on coronavirus also, people are putting a lot of shit on coronavirus. It's true. That was, was pre-existing They're before lying. coronavirus. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just going through it. No, you just go. You've been going. You've through been it. going through it for a long time. You know what but I mean? But that's real. That's real. You've but it's real. Through. So, just a second for our sponsors. Um, the sponsors are you. So, yes. thank you to the people who listen to our podcast and send funds our way. We uh, completely fund this ourselves, but also through you. So whatever you send to us helps support actually doing the podcast on a regular basis. Most people who do podcast, not most, but a lot of people who do podcasts have a whole production team and they record not in their home. We record at home and Ebony is the production team. Yes. All, all of them. He's all of the production and team. And that's probably why I'd be taking hell alone. That's probably why. He means that's actually that's probably why. why. Uh, <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> so so if you want to support our podcast our venmo i just use mine but people always are like what's ebony's i'll say both so mine is erica e-r-i-c-k-a dash heart h-a-r-t obviously at at erica dash heart ebony's is what's yours i always get it wrong ebony dash donley last name d-o-n-n-l-e-y um and yeah, our PayPal, it. if you don't have Venmo, PayPal is Erica, E-R-I-C-K-A, at iheartericacom um, You Whatever you want to give us is is great. You don't have to. You're not obligated to. Listening to it, sharing it yes. um, are all ways that you can support our podcast. Um, and yeah, just a reminder, Ebony and I are, are a couple and we, we have a joint uh, bank account. You tell so, all the family business. All the family business. Nobody wins like, on the family business. Ebony? Ebony gets all the money I get. It's no, it's no different. It's, uh, we share it. Well, I don't shop at no type of makeup stores. Goodbye. I don't buy hair. Goodbye. <laughs> I just see the receipts. <laughs> but I don't shop at those places. Goodbye. And I only wear koofies. Where's the Koofy shop on Instagram? What about the Instagram images full of brothers with their Koofies on? Where are the Instagram Hotep store? Hey, hey. You know, Hotep is not a bad thing. I think that is one thing. That is one way that I personally want to transform my own language. What are the pejorative ways that we talk about things that white people believe? This is not what the podcast is about. It's not, but I'm like, we have a word for... For black people who we assume are conspiracy theorists or who hold antiquated beliefs are homophobic. No, that's not weird. Weird is too broad. There's ways to talk about white people. No, it's not. What is the word? That's true. What's the word that people just pull up out they out they side? Just like now the word woke is pejorative. How did woke become pejorative? Because white people started to take it. But how did it, but even some, I hear people say all the time, it's like, it's a bad thing. Yeah. And they say it oh, in a tongue and cheek way. What do they say? Oh, you woke, you woke people. Or, Why you know. Why do y'all talk like that and all that stuff? 
Right. It's it's like to have any type of critical awareness is seen as negative. And that's just the world that we live in. And it, it's, it's honestly defies all logic. It defies all logic. When woke, fun fact about woke, fun musical logical fact that helps us lead into our lyrics game is that the first usage of the word woke is normally or the popular usage of the word woke um, is attributed to Erica Badu. From her mm. New America album, two thousand in two thousand eight, I believe that <clears throat> album came out. Mm. Two thousand eight or two thousand nine, and the song "Master Him." But it was actually Georgia Ann Muldrow. Georgia Ann Muldrow is actually wrote that song "Master Teacher." Um, on New America Part One, I believe, or it's either Part One or Part Two, is a, a double, a joint album, a double album rather from Erica Badu. So George Ann Muldrow is one of my favorite musicians and artists. Super slept on. Um, out of L.A., California. So shout out to the to the uh, uh, other down the coast. You feel me? Shout out, you know, Tom from the sixty. Shout out to everybody in L.A. You know, I miss that place. I used to live there for many years. Yes. But the fun fact about that is that woke was intended to be some type of Afro-centered spiritual consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, you're right. White people started using it just went somewhere else. It, Twitter got to, got on Twitter. There's no such thing as a woke white person. Just there's no such thing as a woke. If you get nothing from this podcast, just the episode. You can that, stop listening to, now. Yeah. You got all the value. <laughs> you know, you got your money's worth. Be, money. I also argue, I think I've said it on here. Did I say it on here? What? Or did I just say it to you? That there's no such thing as a radical No, no, you said either? it to me. Yeah, there's no such thing as a radical white person Explain either. what you mean by that, it because it really helped me. Because white people always, regardless of what you believe, are always going to benefit from white supremacy they're always going to be able to keep their job or get another job regardless of how liberal they think or even if they were to shut shit down at their job or do a whole action Mm -hmm. and stop everything they would either be centered in that conversation celebrated celebrated for doing the bare minimum like these governors gavin newsom and uh, not not arrested or kept Mm -hmm. alive for a very long time there would be no consequences for their radicalness. So there's no, if there's no consequence for being radical, I don't know that that's radical. True. Okay, got you it. Get and what then I'm you saying? also talked about how radical by its very nature, or whiteness by its very nature, renders anything. It's almost like even if you're a white person and you disagree with the privilege or the power afforded you by whiteness, mm-hmm. you disagreeing with it does not mean that you. Don't or have it. Don't have it. Yes. Or that you can somehow give it away and others don't have agreement or consensus that you have it. Even yeah. if you say that consensus is rooted in the exploitation and murder and genocide of other people. Yeah. Even saying that is not radical. That's yeah. like saying water is wet and peanut butter go with jelly. <laughs> I love that. I like that more. That's than like water saying my hand but has five fingers saying, on it. How can it be radical if there's never a consequence? What is the radical? What's the radical nature of what you believe or what you what's at stake for you? If nothing is really going to be taken away when you believe it or when you do it. Yeah, maybe you'll get some slap on the wrist. Yeah, maybe maybe you'll go to jail for 24 hours. But at the end of the day, you can become a, a move to another state and get opportunities. There's nothing in your way as a white person that is quote unquote radical. So I don't believe that radical is something that white people can really be. 
Because you can at any point be like, I'm not radical anymore. But does it, I mean, that's what happened in the 60s where people, the people who are, you know, were flower children and thought to be radical during the time and doing protests at UC Berkeley and tree hugging, literally hugging trees and living in trees and being, or in Vermont like Bernie Sanders and being hella free and, you know, with the wild and crazy hair and smoking weed and doing shrooms and acid tabs and LSD and all of that shit, that that was considered radical for the time. Yeah. You know, to leave your inheritance or your trust fund and go off, but then yeah. eventually return to it and take over your family's business. So a lot of people who were would be radicals and Woodstock hippies and all the people you'd be seeing on the documentary, those are people who became the hedge fund managers of the 90s. The people in the 60s, the radical flower children, yeah. became the corporate Wall Street, you know, cogs in a machine, yeah. you know, just a few decades later, once all the... The acid, I guess, ran out or whatever the Ooh, case. But that, though, but then they had children. Uh, maybe they're not in Wall Street, but maybe they're now in Minnesota. Had children, raised their kids in Minnesota. Then those kids moved to Brooklyn and lived in Williamsburg from their 18 to the prime. They were like 25, 20, maybe, maybe 18 to 30 mm-hmm. or maybe 25 to 30. Then they get married and they go right back to Minnesota. And, you know, what they share in common with their parents oftentimes is that, you know, the, the, the parents were able to live in a suburb. You know, by virtue of redlining, without yes. the New Deal and without redlining, there would virtually be no suburbs without the creation of the Homeowners Loan Corporation. That is what created, literally created, modern day suburbs. Hmm. And so their parents got to, you know, get that welfare. They actually, for white people, any type of social aid or governmental aid is not called welfare, it's called relief. With mm-hmm. black people, they call it welfare. Yes. But a homeowner's loan where you could get free houses at the time, this is in the 1930s, under the 1930s, under the New Deal, where, or you can get very, very low interest rate or guaranteed houses in certain neighborhoods. All of that was for white people. What people don't realize about the New Deal, FDR's landmark legislation that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez lauds as a part of her new Green Deal Mm -hmm. or has used that as a reference point. Black people were ultimately and virtually barred from participating in that because they couldn't get home loans. Right. And so redlining was the wow. creation of suburbs. You see those little lines on those redlining maps. Then those green parts is is to be- create suburbs. Yes, those were that's the beginning. Wow. You know what they say about black people when you when what's a movie you or you know when you used to see movies or you read in books. Where do black people live? What is the neighborhood called? The hood. What's it? But in a more inner city. Inner city. Yeah. Yes, the more sort of urban planning. Well, time. I mean, if you think about my immediate family. My mom and my dad are both from Baltimore City. Yes. And their their mom and their dad are also from Baltimore City. Now, their grandparents were from South Carolina and North Carolina. Yes. But Baltimore City is where they grew up, where their parents also grew up. So when my dad said, I want to move to the suburbs... My mom's side of the family in particular was very outspoken about how that was going to make us, their grandchildren, their cousins, their niece and nephew, white. Yes. And how my dad was also being white. But in that there's there's no, uh, you know, validity to that, what they were saying. But what I will say is the validity comes in is that we were the only black people in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And honestly, 
if I'm being straight up, it was that neighbor. My neighborhood for me as a kid was only one mm-hmm. cul-de-sac. Yes. It didn't get much bigger than that because we couldn't go anywhere else or we'd get in trouble. Right. But the neighborhood was massive. There yes. was maybe one other black family that lived there. I saw it. You took me there and it's huge and it's hell it's huge. out. But as a kid, it, it was only my street. Right. And we left, you know, you had to leave to go through the other streets, but those streets, it didn't feel like my neighborhood. It don't even look you get paved what I'm saying? over there, Erica. It's, it's paved. Be quiet. Yeah. It's paved. Rose. <laughs> but do you think when they said that y'all going to become white, do you feel like them saying that was because it's, it's, there's no validity to that moving to a neighborhood. Nothing ain't going to turn a black person white. Right. As much as the reverse rate, as much as the girl on Dr. Field, the child, that people you actually laugh about Because her. people make fun of her. Yeah. But they just like her. They just don't say it out loud. Van That's, Jones and Jerome Ballheaded you ass. You gotta say Jer- who you talking about, babe. The one who, there was a person, a meme going around about a teenager, a black um, t- femme teenager who was on Dr. Phil and she said she doesn't want to be black. She's not black. And that, you know, the, the, what you hear often, she said, I'm not like any of those Negroes. Now, <laughs> it's very funny when you think about it. However, it's not really funny though. Yeah. It's not really funny. I mean, she's echoing the sentiments of a large majority of people, uh, but they just don't, don't want to admit it. She's actually 100 with her. So I kind of respect that, you know, but then I don't, but <laughs> My thing is nothing gonna turn a black person white. What do you think was inside of what they were saying? No, that's why I said is the validity <laughs> of what they said was when you leave Baltimore City, when you leave the inner city, you're not it's not black over there anymore. But it sounded like it was a fear. Yeah. It sounded like, like they did not leaving. want y'all to look, go far from Yeah, them. but yeah, I mean, yeah. So we if we lived in Baltimore City, we would be five minutes away from my grandparents, most likely. Uh, Baltimore is not that big. Okay, but if so we moved No, no, no. Oh. I said if we lived in, in Baltimore, Baltimore City, City oh. we would be five minutes or ten minutes away. To get to most places in Baltimore, it don't take you that long. But if when we move to the suburbs, take forty five minutes. Mm. My my grandmother, rest her soul, was an asshole. Just straight up. Mm. I know a lot of you love your grandparents. Mine was not great. So if you didn't have a grandparent that wasn't great, I see you. But she didn't even see my mom on a wreck. Like she had a sports car. Okay. So it's not like she didn't have no transportation. She had a sports car. Watching Walker, Texas Ranger. Walking Walker, Texas Ranger and blasting her country music because she is from the South. She, um, she would never come see my mom because she said it was too far. She saw my uncle, right? Who lived maybe 10 minutes away. They always came to her. My mom always came to her. So, you know, like it was always, it was a thing of like, y'all are far, but it was, it was and is this idea that the suburbs are white and we can't put the blame or the, the understanding of that to black people. No, that is a, that is a function or the creation, the creation of it has been done through redlining, which is a function of white supremacy. And I think when we say white supremacy, I'm also getting tired of saying white supremacy because I feel like it's not landing. I feel like it's not hitting home. You know, even black people dying is not hitting home. Dying at the tune of 70% of deaths from COVID. Is that the number? Yep. That 70% of black people have died? 70%. Yep. Yes. Yes. Um, and that we have United, the disproportionate yes. in the United States. It's a States. disproportionate. I don't know if that percentage is still correct today, but it's disproportionate, period. Like Right. Yes. Well, whatever the case may be, there's a large number of black people dying for something that people just a couple weeks ago had a huge sort of uproar about, and now it's sort of maybe we've all settled into Netflix well. 
You know, maybe we've all settled into the bed, the bread bacon or whatever. The little, you know, motherfucking Airbnb is doing tutorials with magic tricks. Got their host from Airbnb, like charging $20 on Airbnb's website so you can watch a host do magic tricks. What? Yes. What does this have to do with disproportionate? The my thing is, is that maybe people just don't. It's almost like. That's why I was saying I was getting upset with the word white supremacy because it's not oh, rhetoric. It's this not language enough. is not going to hit home. Well, that's that's that quote. Let me just read that quote on the podcast real quick. You can edit the space that's going to take me to get this. So, Tennessee Coates said, but all of our phrasing, race relations, racial chasm, racial justice, racial profiling, white privilege, even white supremacy serves to obscure that racism is a visceral experience that it dislodges brains, blocks airways, rips muscles, extracts organs, cracks bones, breaks teeth. You must never look away from this. You must always remember that the sociology, the history, the economics, the graphs, the charts, the regressions, all lands with great violence upon the body. White supremacy, the term is not sufficient. It's not sufficient, but it's also a misnomer almost. Yeah, but it, it just doesn't color. Like what That's what, what I'm saying. It's an incorrect What are you statement. describing about Airbnb? Just tell it what is the straight up, what's the, the hit us in the heart with it. I'm not hitting nobody with nothing. Airbnb is a multi million dollar yeah. corporation. Paying people $20. And paying people, I mean, well, Airbnb is not. That's how much hosts no, get? That, oh, wait. If Airbnb didn't pay them to be on there, they're just there. It's a uh, charging. It's them. almost like, so you know that Airbnbs, like most large corporations, they are suffering now. Well, they call it suffering, their own version of suffering, right. which is like, oh, I'm not making upwards that's of a good, $100 million that's dollars a, good a day. Their own version. You need their to say that their again. Their own that's version of suffering that everybody now gets to, is, is now entitled to, and gets to make up off the top of their fucking heads about what COVID 19 is done to their fledgling business and how we now need to look at we're back to Mitt Romney corporations are people type shit yeah, you know what I mean where these corporations Ooh. you see Walmart every five minutes doing Trump a commercial Trump talked about Walmart today and he said what? Walmart is doing a great job I said this is an Ozark episode this is an Ozark motherfucking episode. If y'all haven't watched Ozark, this is no, we're not getting no money from HBO or Ozark. I'm telling y'all to watch it so y'all have some insight into how politics work. Y'all don't have to it's watch bullshit. that. No, some, some of y'all do need to watch it because you believe in politics and y'all were sad when Bernie endorsed Biden and you can't be. You're, You're skipping ahead. I'm we're sorry, gonna get there. But I'm just saying, you skip it too, babe. I'm being a Gemini. My thought you can't handle it. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> my point being is that airbnb is doing experiences because they're losing money because yes. people cannot they go can't do go airbnbs no more that's true you know motherfucking marriott would probably start doing it too but they, they don't have that same branding tactics but you know airbnb is doing these experiences to so-called you know make money for their um for their host and their Airbnb super host and to support the host community. We all know that is not true. Yeah. One thing that I'm seeing often is that companies are trying to still have some type of brand identity in the minds of people. This whole country is all about myth making and storytelling. So these companies are trying to carry a lot of sympathy and favor. I even see it and it's companies from a wide range of industries. Mm-hmm. Heyday is a facial place. Yep. Heyday was doing a fundraiser for <laughs> it. You, I don't, it costs a hundred something dollars to get a facial at Heyday. It costs a hundred dollars 
Uh, yes, because I pay, I go to Heyday and I pay $100 a month and that's one facial. That's not three facial, that's one facial. They were doing a fund for, like a GoFundMe mm-hmm. for their, mm-hmm. their their employees. Yep. I'm going to mention this. Money? I'm going to mention this. Pleasure Chest. Pleasure Chest is a sex toy company. Pleasure Chest was a previous sponsor of this podcast long ago. Pleasure Chest has three stores, not three stores, but three uh, primary locations, which is New York and the Upper West Side. I don't know where the other one in New York West is. West Village. West Village, and Chicago, mm-hmm. and Los Angeles. Yeah. Pleasure Chest is owned by white cis men. Their employees are having to do a GoFundMe, which y'all should support. I will put the link in here. But it's not Pleasure Chest doing it. It's the employees, the full-time and part-time sex educators who work there doing it themselves and they're raising $15,000. The CEO of Pleasure Chest, I'm sure, makes much more than $15,000 a a year, in a month even, Mm -hmm. with three stores in major cities in the United States, Mm -hmm. two of which are in New York. Mm -hmm. And you mean to tell me that Pleasure Chest cannot find money to support its part-time and full-time employees. Heyday can't find $15,000 that they probably make in a day. Much more in a day. Mm -hmm. But also all of these commercials, these these car companies, Walmart, all of these big-time companies using the pandemic to still have people come and support their business or come and patronize their their business. Even though it's not safe to do so, quote unquote. But that's ridiculous to be using, you know, oh, we're going to, this idea that we're going to come together. Everything is is a a means for racial reconciliation. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Even COVID-19. Oh, when we come out of this, we're going to be closer. How? They got black structures people. haven't changed. They got black people on Walmart singing yep. gospel all through yep. the store. They're yep. doing all of these fucking verticals now where it looks like people are on their phones to try to make the editing look all like yep. fucking, you know, personable. It is total bullshit. Walmart is one of the companies where the margin between the, the employee compensation versus the CEO is one of the highest margins in the world next to Target. That means that its CEO makes hundreds, 400 the times Waltons more. The Waltons are very, very rich. They're like one of the top richest families in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's but you got to really, y'all got to look at these numbers. And I'm going to give y'all, I'm going to actually put it in the description of this podcast. Y'all so y'all can see. Ebony worked so hard on the description. I'm going to give y'all, y'all that because it? I don't want nobody saying I ain't got no receipts. I'm I'm Sheree. She by, he by Sheree. <laughs> I'm the bone collector. I got my receipts. Everything that I say, you can, you can bet that. You can put that on. You could put that, what we used to say in the town, put that on something. I put that on mom. Put you, put that on your, you could put that on Grand Cetus. You could put that on your grandma. What is Grand Cetus? Like Grandma Cetus, like Mama Cetus, but Grandma Cetus. Like Abuela or Pop Pop. Essential. <laughs> My dear. <laughs> Big Mama. <laughs> what? Y'all better get on the if y'all I can't be referencing everything we talk about. Y'all know the Surgeon General bald head Jerome ass. But <laughs> the point being is that the margin between Abuela. The margin between the compensation for the average employee at a place like Target, at a place like Walmart, is very, very vast. 
And I think Target is one of the top in the country. But people love Target. And Target doesn't have the same reputation that a Walmart has, actually. Because, you know, Walmart, they bigots, you know, outwardly. outwardly. Target is more like a closeted bigot. In the sense that they'll have, you know, queer shit going on. You know, in the store. They'll (laughs) They'll sell glisten stuff. Yeah, rainbows and shit. Walmart just selling Mountain Dews. And Mountain Dew, (laughs) you know, fundraisers for the kids or something. (laughs) Middle America, some shit. But okay, anyway, babe, you're all over the place. Are we gonna do the song? I game? forgot. Y'all. Are you gonna say how you doing? Or I'm, this is how I'm doing. You know, I'm tired <laughs> of this shit, y'all. I'm hella tired of this shit with these companies. I'm tired of all. There are winners and losers. But you know, let's do this game because I'm a pause here because I got a lot more to say about how I'm doing, and I wonder how y'all doing too. You may feel the same way that I do. And this might be some relief for you. Everybody don't want to Netflix their way out of this. That's true. Everybody they don't, don't want to learn they a new don't. skill out of this. They Everybody don't, don't want to create they a new don't have video. to. Fuck being productive during a damn pandemic. I hate all these schools. I had a white person say to me in an email, this is might be our new normal. No, this is the old abnormal. This is the old abnormal. This is not normal. But let me go ahead. Playing at home, you playing along, please don't cheat and go look it up. Just try to listen to the lyrics, and I'm gonna read a lyric. Erica's gonna read a lyric. We're not gonna sing it. We're not gonna do a stylized version of singing. We are just going to simply try to guess the name of the song and the name of the artist that is being read. All right, go ahead, babe. Suddenly my words gonna change its fate and I still know where I'm going. I have had my mind spun around in space and watched it growing. And oh, if you're listening, God, please don't make it hard to know if we should believe the things that we see. Tell us, should we try and stay or should we run away? Should we run away? Or will it be better just to let things go? I have no idea what this is. Wow. I'm doing a good job because I can't keep reading or you're not. I need a hint. Living here in this brand new world might be a fantasy, but it's taught me to love. Oh, yeah. And it's real. It's so real. It's real to me. I have no idea. I am shocked you don't know what this is. Prince or something? Want me to sing it? No. Why not? You don't like my singing? No. Nobody said that. When I think of home, I think I of was just place. listening to Never Knew Love like this Stephanie Mills where, home. Where there's love. Baby, also, that's unfair because I don't watch The Wiz. It doesn't matter if you have never seen The Wiz in I've your life. It. If you are black, you know this song. When I think of home, Sing, I think of a place where... We're never leaving. <laughs> That's why I chose for it. For 30 more it's like days. Super appropriate. For 30 more days. Okay, did I get we'll that right or no? Well, I got the artist name, so I get a ding on that. Ding, ding, ding. You got it right. Home. All right. Home by Stephanie Mills is the song. I'm ready. Dry me. I desert him. No time to have you lurking. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Him will go act like he not like it. You know, I dealt with you the nicest. Nobody touch me. You not righteous. Nobody text me in a crisis. I believe all your dreams. Adoration. You took my heart and my keys and my patience. You took my heart on my sleeve for decoration. 
You mistaken my love I brought for you, foundation. All that I wanted from you was to give me something that I never had, something that you've never seen, something that you've never been. But I wake up and act like nothing's wrong. Just get ready for Rihanna? Yeah, what's the name of the song? Just get ready. Uh, what is that song called? The Cowboy? I don't know the names of Rihanna songs like that. Me neither, really. Is this the Cowboy Beat one? The one that sounds like it's country? No. Shit. I don't know. It is the easiest song. It's the song, to be honest, where... Umbrella? No. The New Age Umbrella for her. The song where you just kind of... Just the first thing you think of Rihanna is this song. I think of whips and chains and lips. You're a Rihanna fan because you know too many Come damn on. songs. No, I just like that. That's nasty. I like that song. <laughs> what song is this? It's nasty too. What song is nasty? Drake. Drake. Work. Oh, work, 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 work. I never knew that that song had lyrics other than work. work. <laughs> Try me, I did search you. Oh, that's how you reckon. You know, I dealt with you, didn't I? This is no Rihanna slander. Please don't come for us. Don't come Come for, for me, us. nigga. What? What's up? <laughs> Man, I listen to Rihanna. I support her. I buy her albums. Yeah. Shit. You do? <laughs> I buy albums. <laughs> I don't have no, I ain't got it on vinyl or nothing. I'm talking about like on iPhone or something. Right. So. Good job, babe. Good all right. We, we gonna jump right to this episode. Cause we, we jumped right in. We've been in. We've already jumped in. <laughs> We're 40 minutes in. Y'all, I'll be honest with y'all. I don't even know if y'all still out there listen to these things. Right. What, what for me, what is the point of it all? And I really truly mean it. What is the point of what? Doing podcasts. Okay, we're listening not going to podcasts. on that. Babe, how you doing? I told you how I'm doing. No, I you didn't. I'm you started talking about businesses. How are you doing emotionally, <clears throat> mentally? You haven't even had an emotional check-in. So y'all yeah, Erica are going to have check-ins. one, right? You're going to listen to ours. We do this. We do emotional check-ins daily where we just listen to what each other is experiencing and feeling uh, without fixing or changing anything unless requested. So, babe, it's how me. are you feeling? Nobody dealt with you tonight. Um, <laughs> nobody text me in a crisis. We are in a crisis. <laughs> um, you know what? Yes, dímelo, dímelo. I don't really know how I feel except for angry. Okay, that's the only way that I can say I feel. You know, I sat in therapy today and I, I thought about something. I saw an article that really bothered me. And it bothered me for a couple of reasons. I saw that in California, Governor Gavin Newsom, Governor Gavin Newsom is a white person, um, white cis man. One, I do want to interject that it's interesting how most of our political leadership is white. Interesting. And how, well, in the sense that it seems to be so completely normalized such that nobody is tripping off of it. But let it be one white person, one let it let it be a party or something. People are like where are the black people at? Mm-hmm. But what about your country? What about the place that you live? What about that every sort of decision that you that is being made on your behalf as a quote unquote citizen of this fucked up country has been historically made by a white person 
or one black person who emulates white people for hundreds of years so I don't I'm just like I don't know what's going on what was the article it was an article about government but the point I bring up about that is that people are are really applauding Gavin Newsom in reference to Trump they're like oh I love him he's doing such a great job somebody literally was like I love um Governor Cuomo and Gavin Newsom they're like the best even this um governor from Michigan um, this white lady, I forgot her name, but the governor of Michigan is, Michigan is a white cis woman. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and um, I've seen her be interviewed. People love the shit out of I her. I don't know why, but Michigan, the four black people account for fourteen percent of the population in Michigan, but thirty three percent of cases of COVID nineteen, but forty percent of the deaths. Also, if I'm not mistaken, Flint is in Michigan. Yes. At the time, she was not the governor. Oh, okay. She well, was still, not the governor. However, still. but she was, I mean, if you become a governor, you've been politically active for a That's while. Right. What did you do? Right. You haven't been sitting at home. Yeah, but right. Mm-hmm. You know, did you have, were you privy to it? Right. Like the, the, the Michigan, were you without clean there, water? Were you without clean water? Because you seem fine. Yeah. Yeah, you seem fine. Yeah, you get praise on a regular basis. You're, you, you're on the view. You're on, on the zooming view. in and shit. Zooming in with the, the flag behind you. You don't seem to have been, you know, at all affected by that. But you know, hey, these white people are being praised. But I saw G- Gavin Newsom being um, praised for issuing a hundred fifty million dollars or so. I think it's either hundred fifty million. Or two hundred fifty million. It's a high number. I I have links to all this because I told y'all I got links. I got them. I got that for the low. They got garbage around the way, son. I've been living out here too long. I actually don't talk like that. This dumbass East Oakland. I'm never never gonna not talk like I'm from the town. Oh God, Ebony. One hundred fifty million for undocumented immigrants in California. That's a new part. That's a new stimulus fund. Oh, it's separate from the stimulus package that people will get because most undocumented people across this country work and they pay taxes. Right. That's true. However, they will not be receiving any type of stimulus in any other state to my knowledge right now, except for California. In California, they don't receive a stimulus. They're now receiving this new 150 out of this new fund that Gavin Newsom has created an earmark $150 million. Now, in California, they California fetishizes um, just like most places in this country. They fetishize undocumented immigrants, mm-hmm. and they fetishize them in this virtuous victim way, where it's like they work really hard. We love people who are immigrants, and they should be here. You know, white people say things like, you know, oh, I love, we don't need Trump, we need tacos. Like, I've literally seen that on Facebook. Wow. So, when people in California in particular, due to the large numbers of Latinx um, undocumented immigrants, that is who they talk about. Yes. And that is who they fetishize. And it's not like they actually care about um, detention centers. I mean, Gavin Newsom is still the governor. Detention centers have not ended. In fact, there have been a, a lot of undocumented immigrants who are detained, still detained in detention centers, and Gavin Newsom, in detention centers in California, and Gavin Newsom has done nothing about it. Wow. So, and they also are at higher risk of COVID-19, and some have even died detained uh, from COVID-19, wow. from a lack of medical supplies, but as we already know, 
the lack of medical attention to people who are detained in ICE immigration detention centers was already little to not existent. Yeah. The problem that I have or that my frustration is that if we have the data and the numbers to support, well, I'll get back to the fetishization point. When we think about undocumented immigrants, we think mostly about, and this is somebody who's, I've been born and raised in California. We think about white, a white path and Latinx people. Mm-hmm. We are not thinking about dark skin bl- bl- or black undocumented immigrants. Nope. We are not thinking about Afro-Latinx people from Puebla. We nope. are not Haiti. thinking about Haitian, Haitian undocumented immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, and people in California will say, oh, that's because we don't, unlike New York, we don't have a lot of um, immigrants from African countries or Caribbean countries. That's actually not true. Bullshit. But whatever the case may be, there are undocumented immigrants from many different places all over the world and from many countries that already have, where the United States already has restrictive and racist, xenophobic, and stringent immigration policies on countries like Nigeria um, and other places in, in the Caribbean. So it made me mad because I was thinking like the fetishization is what created this Mm -hmm. but yet it'll look like he did something heroic Mm -hmm. even though this is not national yeah it is only for california and even though the numbers about the number of people who are dying the most of COVID 19 are black people Mm -hmm. in this country even though we have the data that says it is 70 Mm percent of the deaths have been black people in this country Mm -hmm. in california they're being a little bit mum on releasing the racial data of people with cases. Of course they of are. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to hurry up and push out, you know, the different legislation that they push out. Gavin Newsom is somebody who, if you wanted to find out something negative about Gavin Newsom, it'd be very hard to find. Gavin Newsom is said he's a, a pretty privilege having like very mm. state almost look like John F. Kennedy or some shit. Mm. That's how people hold mm. Gavin Newsom. Mm. Um, in in relationship to other politicians. But they're being mum about the data. But if the vast majority of black people are dying from it, I'm wondering what it would take for there to be some type of economic relief package for black people who are also forced to work mm-hmm. um, and who make up a large number of essential workers. In fact, most United States Postal Service workers, mm-hmm. which Trump Talk is trying it. to end funding for, the vast majority of United States Postal Service workers across this country are black films. You may yeah. have noticed it mm-hmm. if you actually look at the person who deliver your mail. Mm-hmm. You may have noticed it, especially if you live in a place like Brooklyn. Yeah. But this is the case all across the country. Yeah. They're now protesting. The, the United States Postal Service workers are protesting because they are not receiving hazard pay. Um, and their pay is threatening to be cut and limited um, due to federal policies that Trump is initiating. Mm-hmm. My biggest issue that just made me mad, I'm just being 100, is just like, at a point, I feel like when are black people dying going to be enough but then I'm like, we shouldn't have to die because there's already evidence mm-hmm. that 
people hate black people. I guess mm-hmm. I just feel like people don't care. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what I was grappling with in therapy because I felt hella sad today out of the blue. Yeah. And I don't know why I felt sad. I guess it could be COVID-19 or the the whole situation, being in the house, being quarantined, but it was something more there for me. Yeah. It felt like a cloud. It felt yeah. heavy. Like my brain was full of stuff, but empty. Yeah. You know, it didn't feel like brain fog or mental cloudiness. It felt like hurtful clarity. It felt mm. like very like cloudy mm-hmm, for me mm-hmm. today. And I really got it that, you know, even with that evidence, e- e- even with, even if black people were to be fetishized as hardworking, mm-hmm. even if the stereotypes or the 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 virtue, even if the virtue, virtuous victim narrative could work for us, it still wouldn't be enough to galvanize people or elected officials to provide relief for yeah. black people. Mind you, in California, there's no the minimum wage is not fifteen dollars yet in California across the board. Mind you, many essential workers in in California are also black people. But it's really no surprise to me that black American folks wouldn't be the subjects of similar relief if the relief for undocumented folks is so insufficient and so symbolic and really meant as some type of self-aggrandizing measure on Gavin Newsom's white ass's part. Especially since there are no costs to do this nationally. But then people would be like, well, isn't it good that undocumented immigrants are getting this relief? Well, it would be good if they actually were given the type of resources and economic support that they need on a normal basis. It would be great if we if if the people who cultivate and grow food we're not doing so on lease or on loan mm-hmm. to large farms mm-hmm. in California who pay them little to nothing, who actually want to hire undocumented people on the basis that they think they can exploit them but with much more ease yes. than they would somebody else. Yes. So it would be great if 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 if, a, if the money, the thousand dollars that each person is going to get, I think it's either roughly a thousand or five hundred dollars, was enough to actually pay rent in a place like the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel. I really grapple with that today because I'm like, I keep falling back on that. You know, nobody cares about black people, but then I'm like, I care. It just makes everything feel so much more futile. Mm -hmm. It's like you drive in a car, even talking about this Mm -hmm. is how I feel. It's like, what's the point of me talking about it? Mm -hmm. What's the point of me having all the statistics? What's the point of me having anxiety about making sure that I say everything correctly, Mm -hmm. that I I say everything right so that I can have the statistics on hand? Because I already know the assumption that people have about black people is that we don't know what we're talking about and that we're inflating or or, or exaggerating the extent to the harm that's been done to us. Mm -hmm. So I got to make sure to be the bone collector and have all my shit on deck all the all the statistics and numbers as if statistics and numbers tell a full tell a full story mm-hmm. back to the Tennessee coach you don't understand what it's like for you to be a black person in this country and then for them for us to say you know it's only 42 million of us but we the ones that's dying the most mm-hmm. you don't people don't understand how it feels to have a family member that's still working mm-hmm. half of the people in my family are out they are quote unquote essential workers, mm-hmm. i.e., sacrificial lambs, i.e., new modern day version of slavery, mm-hmm. because you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice, mm-hmm. 
And that shit is it's just hella bothersome to me. It's like you drive a car. Me talking about this feels like I'm driving a car, but I'm taking a long way. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the scenic route. Mm-hmm. And I get to see all the billboards. And I get to see all the, the landscape. And I get to see all the cities. I'm on my way home, but it's taking me three hours. Versus just 45 minutes that I could have took if everything just burned down. Mm-hmm. And we just, everything was fucked up. And people, and the whole system collapsed. Yeah. Like, I'm feeling like everything about, I, everything about what's happening with COVID-19, I, it feels like I'm being placated mm-hmm. by these corporations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and these companies. It's like, here is something to hold you over. No, we're not going to give our workers the type of pay that they deserve. We're not going to pay them a livable wage. But here goes a GoFundMe that you can donate to on on their behalf. Yep. Somebody sent me a letter that their landlord sent them saying, oh, yeah, it's great that, you know, everybody's getting their stimulus because they for sure will know you'll be able to pay rent. <laughs> and guess what? We're going to donate a portion of your rent. This literally says this. We're going to donate a portion of your rent to a charity of your choice. <laughs> wow. So, uh, wow. So this is how I'm feeling. Wow. I feel like I'm, I'm driving a long way home. Mm-hmm. When this, when, 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 and I'm running out of gas. Mm-hmm. What is the point? Of, uh, uh, what is the point of talking about it? Yeah. It's happening. I, you know, I'm really taken by what you said. And I'm just, I'm just taken by what you said. And I thank you for sharing that and being very vulnerable in your sharing. And also the way you talked about it really opened my eyes up to a lot of, what I've been feeling um, and something Ebony and I haven't really talked about is our downstairs neighbors um, from the second that we moved in complained about noise from us. Now, Ebony and I listen to music. Y'all know we play music. Ebony just started like DJing upstairs. Ebony also plays the bass, but we are not loud by any means. Um, Cause we both have ear stuff, so we don't play a lot of loud shit. But even if we did, it's our home. I love slapping my music, but it's but you don't do it that often. It's not like it, I have lived with people who play loud music every single day. If I could, I would. But we also live in New York City, where you know we, me and you, have lived in places that are. It be I loved it. Where it yeah, was just where music it's all music day long and all night long. So yeah. it's loud in New York, and those neighbors complained about us. The second we moved in, we dropped a box down the steps or something like that. And the the person literally ran up the stairs and was like, hey, like, it just sounds like an avalanche. And like, could you guys like, I don't want to be that neighbor, but could you guys keep it down? Um, And one day when I came home at like three in the morning with our friends after being out, all of us came home late. I went out the next morning at like 10 to let Baguette out. And the same, the neighbor came up to me and was like, you know, I know this is going to sound weird, but I heard you when you got home last night. Um, and could y'all just be more mindful? And I tried to tell you. y'all could be more mindful? Could you be more mindful? He said that in that same interview? Yes. I did not know. And I said. told, and I told, you know, your, your friend essentially referring to Ebony and I didn't hear him say friend. I didn't, you know, sometimes you get so angry at the beginning parts of something that somebody says that then you just start, it's just blank for you, the rest of it, because you're just mad at the fact that they're telling you that they heard you get home late at night in your own goddamn house. And that is somehow an issue for them, even though you live there and pay rent there as well. And I've just been thinking about, they just moved out. 
Um, and we haven't been talking about that because, you know, perhaps they know who we are and perhaps they follow, you know, what we do. I wasn't trying to necessarily put the people who live near us on blast because that could put us potentially in harm's way. Yeah. But now, babe, but now I, it scares me. I watch Forensic Files, okay? But now I don't give a fuck because they moved out and they moved out um, recently and you know what they came and they asked us they asked us a favor because their couch doesn't fit out of their apartment they asked to come through our place to get their couch out now you've complained about us on a regular basis you are clearly transphobic and homophobic that you can't even get to know us on a level of humanity other than complaining like they never even wanted to like engage with us like a hello ebony would walk out when my family came um from to not to visit but when they came here to leave puerto rico because of all the earthquakes my dad walked up the steps they didn't even speak to my dad nothing you can't even have the the basic courtesy to say hello to your neighbor, which is, it doesn't really happen in New York, but for the most part, people will speak, especially if you are in close proximity. Never spoke to us at all, but now you have the audacity in the middle of a pandemic to ask us for a favor, a favor that would put our health in jeopardy. I'm a cancer survivor, if you don't know that. So I am at increased risk of getting COVID-19 because of my immune system. I'm telling you all this because this idea that a pandemic is going to bring us closer is hogwash. These are the same people who, when we said no to them about having some random movers come through our apartment with the couch, never came up to us and was like, totally understand, you know, just want to apologize for, you know, complaining about sound and (laughs) apologize for, you know, putting y'all in a, a, a a strange predicament to even have that question asked of you. And, you know, I just want to just say like, we're going to make sure we get all the trash out and you don't have to take out excess trash. You don't have to do any of that. We're going to make sure it's out and none of that. So it's a pandemic. Where is the courtesy? Right. Where is the coming together? Could you tell me? Where is that? It's not there. And you know, I'm thinking about, because when people say we're going to come together, they're thinking about it on an interpersonal level. So I would like to see where it's happening on an interpersonal level where now you're talking to your neighbor for longer than five minutes because it's a pandemic across the fence or whatever nonsense. But at the institutional level, we're not coming together. No. When I received a text message that said, or an email, I believe it was, that said, could you vote so the so USPS continues to get funding? I was literally beside myself. Could you vote? Could I vote so they continue? Could I put my name on a, a sign? I'll sign the petition. I'll sign the petition so they don't go out of business or they're no longer I'm like why in the fuck am I voting for USPS no longer being a like that doesn't make any sense how is it able to go out in the first place how are people who have to work day in and day out to get mail to everybody across the country that that someone else is able to just say you know what during a pandemic you won't get paid how is that a decision that somebody can make but how much does the postmaster general the head of the USPS make. I know, but I'm just saying that it doesn't, you can't say that in a pandemic it's going to bring us closer together when people are not even getting paid. You can't say 
can we even, first of all, I would never have an expectation of anti-black neighbors to ever extend no type of compassion or courtesy. But but my and thing, I, but are they supposed to no longer be anti-black because now it's a pandemic? No, You're, they're going to no, be people's more. People's homophobic family is not coming to terms with the fact that they're homophobic because it's a pandemic. No, their, their children who had to come home from college early or had to move home because they can't afford rent anymore are now in a household where people are transphobic and homophobic and they can't be themselves. They'll, their family members are not budging around their bullshit views because it's a pandemic and i'm just using our asshole neighbors as a as an example because yeah. i want people to understand how uncomfortable number one we felt in our own fucking home for the past year but number two how a pandemic never changed their mind yeah. they still were gonna put us in harm's way they didn't care so interpersonally i don't know what y'all are talking about that somehow a, a, a pandemic is gonna bring people together it's bullshit it is complete bullshit. And it really, it, it really like, you asking me to sign a petition. <laughs> yeah. But in a pandemic, we're supposed to come together. So why is there a petition? How come the, the boss or whoever could manages, I guess it's the, the president because it's a government job. Why isn't he coming together? Why is he on there talking about Walmart? Why do I have to convince someone to pay people? Why do I have to convince people to be human or to have some humanity? That's what I don't understand. Erica, if people had you humanity. Am I making sense? Yes, Erica. If people had humanity, we would have reparations. And I get that. So, and what I mean by that is quite simple. Humanity says if you, beyond black people, um, being indigenous Africans being stolen and their descendants forced to work for 400 some odd years beyond black people you know <laughs> it's like I, I don't I don't even have to explain the contributions that black people have made to this country that without cotton without sugar mm-hmm. uh, without cotton in specific sugar is more so around the Caribbean slavery in the Caribbean, but without cotton being cultivated, there would be no United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and without labor and a workforce to do that, that, that wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. But also <clears throat> without black people paying taxes, even during the time where black people were you know, not allowed to buy homes in certain areas or not to, uh, allowed to buy homes at all, really, or deny mortgages or mortgage loans, they still had to pay taxes. They still had to pay taxes. They were still working. Right. So, despite being, you know, barred from most industries or indiscriminated against, besides all that, if somebody has given something or sacrificed something through exploitation, their lives, the right thing to do would be to compensate them for that sacrifice Mm -hmm. and compensate them not with no scholarship to no stupid ass school where the money go right back to the school. Mm -hmm. It would be to say, you know what? I realize that as a, as a white person, or as a white owned company or entity that we have enjoyed 
all the benefits afforded to us, given the exploitation of black people, I think that naturally deserves a return on the investment. The, on the investment. No, no, no. That to me no. is humanity. No, humanity. I think we are we are foolish. How? We are not looking at humanity as humanity is. If I'm exploiting you for the resources that I have taken from you for free, Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue exploiting you for the resources I can get for free or cheap labor. I am not going to somehow be like, oh, maybe I should stop exploiting you. No, I'm going to make you believe that you're the reason why I'm exploiting you. I'm going to have a I'm going to have a black person be the surgeon general and go on national television and blame black people for dying from COVID-19 and make up some weird fucking uh, uh I don't even roundabout know. roundabout topic about drugs that has nothing to do with COVID-19 pseudoscientific pseudo that's what I want to say mm-hmm. have, have the surgeon general come with some pseudoscientific a conversation about drugs to blame black people for having COVID-19 so they could continue to believe that they are the reason why they're being exploited. And that they have no reason to live. It is an intellectual, oppressive tactic that works and it works well because black people will continue to say things like, well, if black people just ate good food, maybe we wouldn't have the underlying conditions that cause for COVID-19. Well, if black people just worked out, well, if black people didn't smoke Newports, we, it works. And I can't be mad at black people for believing the nonsense because intellectual oppression fucking works. It's worked for centuries. So we can't be like, I I have to cut myself. I have to stop saying, why aren't people being human? It says that is human. It's got to be another word. Yes, that is human. Yeah. That's human. But is it... Actually, no, that's not human. It's human. It's white. It's capitalist. It's called white. Yeah, it's what it is. It's before capitalism. It's pre-capitalism. It's feudal. It's like straight up the... Hmm. I am going... It's straight up dominator. Like, it is... It is. It is. It's fake Darwinistic. Because I actually don't... Like... It's survival of the. It's I'm gonna convince you that I'm the fittest through some. I'm gonna call myself that through mm-hmm. some fucking fake storytelling. Yeah. I'm gonna convince you that based on this gender binary, based on this thing that I created. Yeah. That this means that I'm more fit for this thing, and this is gonna be these attributes are attributed to this gender and this person, and the person is white. Yeah. So for me, it's like it's. I, I don't care about humanity, so I care about humanity, of course, but I don't think that is going to then galvanize people. That's, that's not the point I'm making. The point that I'm making is that it's simple economics. White people are able to afford the benefits that they've been able to afford. When foreign workers got aid, when black people, when, when during the time, Martin Luther King Jr. talked about this. People don't bring up this quote, but Martin Luther King talked about that. Mm-hmm. How black people can't get reparations or black people couldn't get home business business loans and shit like that. But white farmers and farm workers got aid. Right. White people be getting all types of aid and relief all throughout history. And they Y'all are can with look the stimulus it up check too. It, they are with the stimulus. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not just talking about wealthy white people. All white people Mm -hmm. have been getting aid. But then they'll tell you, oh, yeah, my family. You'll hear Justin Bieber. Oh, we work really hard. You motherfuckers ain't do a motherfucking thing. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. You hear white people say, oh, I pulled myself up. You know, we we work so hard. Mm -hmm. I'm just such a hard working person. That's also what a white person cannot say. You can't be radical and you cannot say you worked hard. You can't. You can't say you worked hard. You can say you worked how? hard. Give me an example of how. You can say you worked hard in a sense that you had a, you know, you had a hard day's work. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You can have a good work ethic. You stay at the office all day or you be, you know, but driving if- the truck all day or something. <laughs> the point I'm making is that you can look to history. You can, there is empirical evidence. All some of y'all motherfuckers just love data. You love evidence so that you don't have to deal with the human beings that the data is describing or mm-hmm. the data is supposed mm-hmm. to actually benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not supposed to weaponize the data um, in order or to or or to use it to make yourself seem more smart or more knowledgeable mm-hmm. or that your data is somehow going to usurp the personal experiences of, of large groups of people or, to, or the historical um, context for why things happen to people. So. Yep. There's data to support that white people have literally just had it good based on the fact that black people were exploited. There had to be an exploited class. There had to be multiple exploited classes if you want to be a a quote-unquote world superpower like the United States. That's right. They had to make up stuff. Another thing, you're talking about intellectual... Oppression. Oppression, manifest destiny. Oh, I'm going to kill a whole bunch of... Manifest destiny, literally, they just made up in their mind that it was ordained by I don't know who I know they're not talking about God but that we must travel west and we must like kill a whole bunch of indigenous people mm-hmm. that is what that means now when I was in high school and middle school and they was telling us about manifest they destiny, talked about it like it was they a didn't good explain thing. that but they talked about it like it was a good thing that's how they talked about it in my school they didn't talk about it like this is a time for mourning let's stop and grieve the people we lost it was a good thing yeah for who even this act, even now where people are looking at the the COVID, coronavirus, a relief and something act. It's called mm-hmm. the CARES Act. It's a coronavirus aid relief and I think a security act. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'll find out the real name of it. It doesn't even fucking matter. I'm <laughs> even tripping myself up. You know, I have that whole thing, that <laughs> imposter syndrome thing where I got to be like, perfect perfect but it's related mm-hmm. to the white gays it's like will white people believe it will they yes. understand it will they then not further discount my efforts you know toward liberation do i need their permission for yes. liberation i don't fuck you yeah um but there's a loophole in that act that where the wealth people who make over a million dollars the wealth some of the wealthiest americans will actually receive a tax break to the tune of like a mil- like a, a million dollar something stimulus check. They also receive the, their wh- wealthy people are protected inside of the stimulus package. Mm-hmm. It's written in the actual law. Yep. I don't know if Bernie Sanders talked about that or not. Somebody could probably be like, he did talk about yeah, it. Yeah, he is. He talked about reparations. He didn't talk about none of that shit. Yep. He was talking about being the president of this country. He wasn't talking about, let me go ahead and look at this CARES Act a little bit more closely. <laughs> so, I I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, I don't know. I feel like I've been talking about it a lot already. What? But about just how black people are treated. 
in this country. And I think I get upset. As you should. Asian Americans received a lot of um, racial strife and received racial strife, racism before COVID-19. And Asian Americans know damn well that they perpetuate anti-blackness. Don't even think about denying that. Like we know that that is something that happens in Asian American communities, that there is a resistance to anything black. Too many examples of this and there's a historical notions of it. And it also is a direct result of white supremacy. Now, now is the time (laughs) now more than ever, as the white people say, is the time to get that shit together and get it rectified. That's all I'm going to say. We know what's happening in China. It is not a secret. It's been going on for a long time. Black people being denied to walk into certain cafes, uh, African immigrants not being cared for in the middle uh, of a pandemic. That does not work. That does not work. It's time to cut it out. Cut it out. Being white or having some proximity to whiteness is not going to free you. You should see that. That should be seen loud and clear. It won't be freedom. If some stupid-ass president can stand up there and say this is the Chinese virus, that should tell you that you are not protected. There's a couple of things I just want people to know is that there are winners and losers in coronavirus. I mean, you've seen this echo, you know, all throughout this situation. There's winners and there's losers. And the winners, you know, just, just note the skin color of the winners and also just note the pockets of the winners note that companies and corporations Netflix Hulu television shows Quibi all of these people stand to make millions hundreds of millions of dollars Mm -hmm. by virtue of this quarantine Mm -hmm. they stand to make hundreds of millions of dollars they were already going to make hundreds of millions of dollars, but now it's probably the it's profit margin is probably even higher mm-hmm. due to this. At a time where more than I don't even know the number, but forty I think about forty percent of uh, people in this country file for unemployment or who need some type of unemployment relief. You, you, I try to make sense out of nonsense. Like yeah, I'm, I don't know why you I'm rationalizing. All this stuff. Now, but no, but I'm trying all to. All of these companies, they just all make hella money and they've always made hella money and but, they're going to do everything they can to maintain how much money they have and not give shit to nobody. But the thing is, is that every, but COVID 19 is creating some, these, I see so much false notions of, of heroism, false. Everybody trying yes. to be a hero. Yes. Everybody is saying you white. You can't be a hero. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What's the motherfucker's name that be flying with the cape? Evil Clinton? No, he looks, he's hot, but when he puts on his thing, you can't see his face. Batman? No, not Batman. Superman. Mm-hmm. He's hot. He's supposed to be sexy with the glasses and nerdy. Like, I don't know who that is. All I'm saying is, wasn't he working in like an office? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. How are you a hero if you work already work in an office and you are now putting on your outfit to go save people? I don't know. The concept is really very much rooted in capitalism where you already good. And here you are going to quote unquote, help people. No motherfucker, Superman. You're supposed to be doing that anyway. 
You get what I'm saying? Yes. You're not a hero because you flew down and you helped some people. You put your cape on and you go back to work every day. That does not make you a fucking hero. But he did so in secrecy in order to, I guess, to, so not why? take credit. Why are you doing it in secret? Know. Why are you doing a secret, Superman? Why don't you do it in your regular, regular motherfucking clothes? At the job. At the job. Why don't you? Why isn't your cape your little suit jacket? Clark Kent, what's up? I why can't why can't you take the mask off? That is his name. Take the mask off. But see, the thing is, these Netflix and all this nonsense, they just in the office. You can't be a hero because you give him. A, you needed you needed to have been doing that anyway. But they get to decide who heroes are. The, and, that's, the, and that's what I'm seeing with a lot of rhetoric online with white people being like the front line and this is a war and invisible enemy. Y'all are not questioning that y'all are viewing this inside of war. That the framework that we have for a, a, a for a global pandemic is a war. Violence. That is, is violence and and belligerence and just straight up people dying and you think it's for some type of fake noble cause just like you would in any other actual war yep between yep. two factions yep. Yep. that's the danger that's the danger in thinking of it that way that is the danger because then black people dying doesn't matter it doesn't matter no it then ma- it becomes they died so people can have a fucking polio vaccine they died so we can have stem cell research yep. they died so we can have chemotherapy yeah so we can have a syphilis vaccine. All of that then becomes, oh, that's how, that's why they sacrifice. and becomes a chapter in a fucking history book. But even with this whole inside of the medical industry, one minute we're talking about medical racism and we talk yeah, about talk how about how racist our medical systems are, how much disparity there is between doctors and and, hosp- and, and healthcare workers and hospital administration versus nurses and versus custodial workers inside of the hospital we we will we'll say oh the nurses they're heroes they're heroes and they're doing such a great job but yet when the the nurses protest and they literally say this has been horrible for a long time mm-hmm. and we've been not having what we need mm-hmm. and the the, the doctor's been l- looking down upon us mm-hmm. not talking to us always not a hierarchy coming, mm-hmm. having a hierarchy mm-hmm. when they protest the the protest the nurses not the heroes <laughs> the nurses that saying, you know what, I'm tired of this shit. Mm-hmm. Those aren't the heroes. And a lot of the heroes, quote unquote, look in the same racial identity, what I'm seeing on the news. A lot of the people surviving COVID-19, the survival stories that I'm seeing look in the same racial identity with hella plants behind them. Having hella plants, I'll tell you, is a function of privilege. These motherfucking things cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing a lot of birds of paradise and people's background as they share about now being well from COVID-19. Yeah, I peeped the plants. Yeah, I did. I saw. Anyway, you know well, that's I'm a good point. That's a, a good, good point. point. Y'all are the only... Point. It's the same shit that we see with breast cancer. It's the same thing. They're doing the same old thing. Black people dying at higher rates from breast cancer. And the people that you see doing survival stories and their stories are centered are white people. The New York Times just had a, a white breast cancer survivor, mm-hmm. white cis woman, mm-hmm. talk about having a chronic illness and what that's like in the time of COVID. What's up? During the time where most What's black up? people are dying. And when was that? Because I posted about that. That was like two, uh, probably was Weird. a little bit after you had posted Weird. that, actually. Weird. No shade. I could look it up. Weird. So, 
I'm trying to make sense out of nonsense. I think I spend half of you, my day. You try to be intellectual. No, to, I'm not trying to be You don't try to be intellectual. You use your intellect to make sense of nonsense. Because like I want to put it together like a puzzle. Yeah. Like, I don't or want to like puzzle. Pretty. Like a math problem. I want, and I'm not good at math. So maybe I'm putting it together <laughs> like pie, like a fucking a formula or something. I want, I just want people, y'all, I, I thought it would be so simple as you kidnap people. You make them work for you for hundreds of years. You pay their descendants because you did that. You tell black people that can't get loans. Now we most black people live in zip codes where there is no hospital or clinic nearby or a primary care physician nearby. Oh, they're dying mostly? Must be because of what they ate. That doesn't a don't eat one don't eat one plus one equal two. That is three plus seven equal ninety nine. What they're talking about and don't just talk about bald head Jerome crusty dusty ass. It's all of it. It's Doctor Fauci too. That's and right. I'm seeing a lot of praise of Doctor Fauci. Fauci and I don't like it. No, what you, what he said was wrong too. I do it's not very like blanket. That. It's very blanket. Minority communities again. Minority is incorrect. We are not minority. So minority communities are dying at higher rates because of social inequity. Say more. He said say more. B- butter. When I say b- butter, peanut butter go with jelly. <laughs> Water is wet. That one tweet that a black femme created. I'm making this up, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct. That talked about this, and now y'all have run with it with nothing else to back. No, it. no, a black femme did. It was a black femme who said was. anti-blackness is the comorbidity. Yes. That's what they said. I know it was. I know it was. Now everybody else trying, I'm going to find that person's name and I'm going to put that in here too as a receipt because it's important that the scholars, like I told y'all before, if y'all peep game on some of these episodes, y'all motherfuckers be tweeting all this brilliance. Y'all black people be out there tweeting all this brilliant stuff, doing all this analysis. And it's not even analysis because we just know that fat meat, we we know fat meat greasy. (laughs) Black people, we live this every day. We live this every day. So we understand that, damn, Dr. Fauci, that's hella stupid what you just said. That don't make no damn sense that you just said, you know, there are all these different risk factors and causal factors. Where are the causal factors coming from, New York Times, where you report on this shit? New York Times been pissing me off with their coverage, too, of these these deaths. New York Times been doing a horrible job, and they're also a racist ass. But then again, one plus one equal two. Racist journalistic organizations, most of them all white run. What's the Skin accountability? Coverage. What's the accountability from the New York Times in the many years that they've been in business and the racist coverage they've done? What's the accountability? Zero. One plus one does not equal accountability. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It does and not. And that's the time where the math is it's skewed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, but my whole thing is just it's it's just I thought it was simple. It's not. It's not simple. And people make it complex. That's what Toni Morrison said. I finally got that quote because sometimes I feel like I disagree with that quote. But that quote where it's like racism will make you prove yourself and make you you think that you don't know language when you know language. It'll make you, I'm paraphrasing, but it'll make you feel confused all the time. That's the swirl that you're in. Yeah. It's the swirl. Yeah. You saying it's one plus one equals two, but somebody will, if, if, if this 
episode went viral for example and viral is cool because a lot of people see it but viral is also terrifying because then you get a lot of people who disagree with your humanity they disagree with your humanity right and they come on here and they come and they twist a lot of the things that you say and they have a lot of arguments that are all the same all people who are racist all say the same shit they say the same thing all black people all they do is complain all black people you need to work hard all black people need to eat better all black people need to do something else violent louds ghetto yeah exactly (laughs) they all say the same they all say the same thing and then you'll be back and then you'll be back to trying to convince people of your humanity and that Mm. is a function of racism you are in a swirl of white supremacy. That is the that is literally what it is designed to do to make you feel absolutely and positively excuse my ableist language, crazy. So you're sitting here like one plus one does equal two. Like when I used to sit in classrooms and people would try to argue with me about reverse racism. And I was like, it just doesn't make sense. When I was with my ex-wife and she worked in uh, real estate and she tried to convince me that gentrification was something that is normal. It is a normal state of affairs. That is how she talked about it. And I'm sitting there at the table. I remember like it was yesterday, like what in the fuck? I just don't think that that's correct. I just feel like that that can't be true. But see, that's my thing, babe, where I'm like, I didn't went to school. I didn't got all this debt from going to school just to learn the history that I've learned uh-huh. about the history of recessions in this country at the, at the recession that followed the Great Depression and that FDR was racist, even though people are calling him some type of hero you know, I've learned all this history. I've learned about redlining and I read all the books and I got all the motherfucking books about gentrification. So I'm like, I know that I, I know that that's not true. Mm-hmm. And it's imperative for me in my mind as a black person to always have so much knowledge and education that's right. as a protection. That's right. But the black, white people who work in real estate don't have none of that history and that knowledge, even yeah. though it's so easy to find around the real estate um, around um, discriminatory lending and, mm-hmm. and the collusion between... They were doing between... discriminatory lending when she worked there. <laughs> but the collusion between the, the uh, a racist governmental um, racist governmental policies around home ownership and real estate and the collusion between those two entities, mm-hmm. it's very easy to find it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But why don't we talk about it? Why don't we... Because talk... that would then leave her and her bosses without the amount of money that they want to continue seeing in their pocket. Because if they actually called out the racist Italian landlord, true story, in Carroll Gardens, they wouldn't make that $1.5 million what deal. What is the story? That there is, there are, obviously there are racist landlords everywhere. There's racist landlords in New York and my ex-wife was working in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and there was a racist uh, landlord in Carroll Gardens, was Italian or some shit. And he didn't want black people in there. And he said that. Yeah. And he made that clear. Mm-hmm. And they knew that. It was like, and also the person that owned the real estate company was also a bigot. So and I, what they would do is they would have like uh, dinner parties and shit. And my ex would go to them. And then the owner of the real estate company would be like, oh yeah, that person, you know, we just make sure we don't put certain people in his homes that he has. Mm-hmm. You didn't get invited to the dinner party. Yesterday. Oh no, I didn't. I refused to go. Hmm. I refused to go. 
Ain't you happy to be with a real nigga? Oh my Finally. <laughs> and you've been with black people before, but you ain't never been with nobody like me. It's true, babe. It's true, happy. but I'm very happy. And this I know I it? have issues, but there's one thing you are don't you have to worry about me. Are you happy? I'm very happy. One thing you know, we don't have to worry about each other is no racism. We don't. That's ain't no anti-blackness in this And that's why those neighbors were not coming through here with no motherfucking movers. None of that energy was coming through here because guess who sages smudges on a regular basis? You know what I always return to is, is I turn to Fanon. I turn to this nigga all the time. Mm-hmm. We need to tear this shit down. I want people to know that. We need to, we need to, Erica. I just want to know what that means. Yes, I get it in theory. Okay, I'll tell you one thing. All y'all right now, stop shopping at Amazon. They won't. That's one thing we can do. They won't stop. They won't but stop. But you know why people have to shop at Amazon? Because Amazon it's, has literally monopolized the market. Just like, just like Airbnb has made sure to gentrify neighborhoods. Whenever you stay in an Airbnb, it is mostly in a white neighborhood. Is it in my line? Yes. In the many Airbnbs we've stayed Depend in. Depend on where you at in Atlanta, no? Even in Atlanta, babe. Atlanta, chocolate ass city. It, the Airbnbs where we stayed have been in predominantly white areas. That's not true. That last Airbnb we stayed at, no, the host was black. The host was black, but That's, I saw white, the, white neighbors I didn't see no on white. both sides. You did? Uh, yes. I didn't see it. Yes, I did. That was the first time I saw two white neighbors in Atlanta, period, because I always see black people. Right. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. don't know what it means. You, we know what it means. We I just know don't what think it means. We know what it means. We just are wondering how do you. How do you. Um, uh, Organize. How do you organize? Also, how not, do you survive? Me, me and you not shopping on Amazon is not sufficient. It's not even Amazon. It's beyond Amazon. It's beyond our sh- our, our our mundane shopping choices. It's true. It's but well I want people that. to note the number of protests that are popping up. I want people to note who is protesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's black and people. Who it's black it? and brown people. And who is unable to speak out? And who is unable? Because to you shouldn't out. act because you saw a protest. You should get interested in the people who are silenced, who can't protest, who have to work anyway, whose jobs are still considered essential when they sh- they should just be home receiving hazard pay. Yeah. Why does it have to be a protest? <laughs> because everybody think Gavin Newsom and Guomo are the the next coming of Jesus Christ. So they don't see and all these people, all these guys, all of them, all politicians could kiss my ass. How about that? Every single last one of them. Rent is, has not been canceled in California. Rent hasn't been canceled anywhere. And it hasn't been canceled. I don't believe it hasn't. Yeah, I think so. Hasn't been canceled anywhere. No, I don't believe it. Some individual landlords have said you can pay in May. That's not see, but that's that's not not sufficient. It's not sufficient. It's very true. And it's also your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you see somebody speaking to it or you see it on a Walmart commercial, you know, it starts to feel a little bit like, damn, you know, if I was a, a retail employee at Walmart and I saw this commercial and I'm getting paid minimum wage, I'm getting paid eight or nine dollars per hour um, and being essentially forced to work. And I saw that commercial, I would be pissed. Yeah. A commercial of everybody singing gospel yep. and shit and the CEO popping up at the end, white cis man talking about we love our family here at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Silenced. 
where there's used to be protests all the time about five, six years ago from Walmart and staff. Mm-hmm. Companies silence their staff members to protest. They threaten their jobs. Yes. Yes. Yeah, freedom of speech, my ass. Freedom to organize, freedom to protest, my ass. And I want people to think about the, before we get up on a out of here. Yes. As we finna get up on a out of here. But what, what I do want people to think about is, I want to put our mind back on reparations. This is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. I want to put our mind back on reparations. I know people are going to, you know, say, you know, I'm, you know, my stimulus check is a, you know, redistribution. I'm going to give my stimulus check to people. And that's great. Mm-hmm. That's all well and good. Mm-hmm. But what I want you to know that you're not redistributing much. Right. You are returning an investment. That's right. You're returning a loan. You're returning a loan. There would be no middle class without the creation of black people. That's right. Black people created the middle class or the, or the means to have a middle class. Black people's disenfranchisement and gross exploitation created the middle class. A mostly white middle class. And black people had to do a lot to become middle class. Black people had to do a lot to become human. Because we're talking about humanity. Mm-hmm. Or to be seen as human, rather. Mm-hmm. So, you feeling like you redistributing wealth from a $1,200 check? That's not what that is. But you seeing that reparations has just as much merit and value as universal health care that would get us a place mm-hmm. because what you're going to get soon is universal all these people sad about bernie sanders they say oh he was going to give us mm-hmm. universal health care and he was going to get us out of this mess mm-hmm. well <laughs> bernie sanders been a politician longer than i've been alive and that and i turn 30 next month yes he does Still ain't got universal health care. You want to know why? You can't have universal health care on top of shit. You can't have universal health care in a, in a system of medical racism. You can't have universal health care when one person wants universal health care and everybody else doesn't give a fuck. You can't have universal health care with health care uh, when black people make 10 cents for every dollar that a white person makes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you split $10? Have you ever asked somebody for change for a dollar? No. You ain't never asked for change for a dollar? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, quarters, like, can yeah. I get four quarters? Yeah. Have you ever asked them for change for 10 cents? No. Can you split 10 cents? Will you give each one Five. get a nickel? Yeah. <laughs> I need change for 10 cents. I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> but I'm just, I, I thought, I, Erica, I'm, I'm telling I you, it's you simple. Saying. You've really been here preaching. I, I don't want to preach. But you are. I this I'm not trying to preach a motherfucking thing. But you thing. are. But you're making. But th- this is the point. So in in conclusion, there is no read. I gotta drive it home. There's no. You're not redistributing well. You can't. You need to you give. Can't. You can't as an individual. I hope that we've driven that home. You cannot redistribute wealth as an individual. That has to come from the state, because they control the wealth. <laughs> And it's not controlled individually. And if you're noticing that you got a stimulus, I want you to understand the cost of that total stimulus and how they said they didn't have the trillions of dollars that, that we, that we calculated or that, that many people who have done scholarship around reparations have calculated the total number uh, estimate around the proper recompense for black people. 
um, in this country. But they had a $1.5 trillion at their disposal for the stimulus that you are now also enjoying. Mm-hmm. It took disease mm-hmm. for that, that $1.5 trillion to come up. But death, genocide, abuse, assault, psychological manipulation, propaganda, discrimination, not being able to live in your house safely, not having a house at all, having to commandeer a home in one of the richest cities and in the richest counties or cities in this country and in, in, in California, having to commandeer homes because you have nowhere to live. Hmm. That is not enough. That doesn't equal COVID-19. That's not as scary as people coughing Mm-mm-mm. without masks. That don't have people on all the Facebook police telling people where to go and how to line up and how where not to go and when to stay in the house and, you know, oh, you shouldn't do this and we, we doing herd immunity now and you need to stay at home. Oh, please stay at home. Stay at home where I can't barely pay my rent or I don't have no home to go to. But I need to stay at home because I saw a commercial that came up on the advertisement on Hulu that told me to stay at home. So I'm definitely going to do it for Pop Pop. And a boiler. (laughs) And I do want to clarify quickly my comment that I made. What? Around undocumented, was that was that is that okay? That was clear. That was clear. You never asked how I was. I never asked how you were, and that's the thing about niggas. Sometimes we just don't be doing nothing right. It's true. We be thinking we doing something right. You ever been with like a mass person and you ask them something and they never stop talking? They just keep talking. I never do that. That's why I get all the butt cheeks, but. This time, what butt cheeks? <laughs> the one sitting here. Uh huh. I never really do that, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Erica. How are you doing? Uh-uh. I'm fine. No, don't do that. Yes, I'm fine. How are you doing? We talk about how you doing, how we doing all throughout the day. Did we? we I didn't just had a breakdown. Today. I had a breakdown. I'm sorry. It's I just fine. had a breakdown because this shit What you said is echoes how I feel, honestly. No. Honestly. Tell how me I, how you feel. No, that's honestly how I feel. That's honestly how I feel. It echoes, and I did. I don't like these people that just moved out. Their energy is nasty, and I just feel hor- I just feel gross about it. Mm-hmm. So on top of the pandemic, I just don't feel comfortable in my home for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now that they're gone, I'm present to how uncomfortable I have been in my own home. Yeah, and how we just deal with so much. So on top of being uncomfortable about being in my own home, I don't think I could tell the landlord about how they're making me uncomfortable because I'm afraid that if I tell the landlord I'm uncomfortable, they're going to kick me out. It's a whole thing. That's it. Everybody, um... Oh, announcements? Announcements. You can now listen to our recorded webinars on Podia, P-O-D-I-A dot com. It's Erica Hart. I'll have the link to it, but it's ericahart.podia.com. Yes. Um, and gender 101 is there. And also our racial and social justice 101 is also there. What? Yes, it is. It's also there. Yes. Where I featured. Where Ebony is there is, is co-facilitating with me. We have another racial and social justice 102 coming out 
what date are we doing this? May 12th. May 12th. At what, and the time and all the deets. I will have all of that for y'all. In this description? No, not in the description, but I'll have it for you when it's time for it to be released. Oh, my God. For the launch. I'll have that oh information Lord, for launch. you. Um, thank you so much to everybody who participated in our Racial Social yes. Justice webinar. I had a lot of imposter syndrome about that because I always wonder how can I, you know, in, in full admission, impress white people such that, and, I, and impress them enough for them to, like, do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always the hope that, you know, my eloquence will, um, mm-hmm. under my eloquence under the white gaze will yield, um, fruit mm-hmm. for, you know, their foot off my neck. But that's, you know, and I also feel like people who do a lot of racial and social justice work, they don't keep it real about it affecting them. They don't yeah. keep it real. I'm talking about systems all day as if they are not uh, impacting me. Um, and I'm that I'm just the, you know, the leftist and the most radical and the most, you know, um, pro black of them all, you know, that I'm still not conditioned to impress white people, you know, impressing white people was a large part of our survival as white people, as black people, uh, for a very, very long time. So that is some residual ancestral trauma that comes up for me in many things that I do, mm-hmm. um, and it comes up even when you you don't know who's gonna be on a webinar. You don't know who's who's there, and it's not intended for you know white people. It's intended for everybody. However, you still had a still small voice in your head that says, you know, if only you could do prove them wrong or give them all the facts and give them all the history, you know. Yep. Then they'll change. Then they can change, and may, then it'll impress. If I explain it like. A, B, C, one, two, three. If I break down the origins of white supremacy mm-hmm. and how they came to be white and mm-hmm. and how that uh, affects the organizational dynamics that, you know, is present in their workplace today and why they're bored and everybody else is white. If I can just get them, you know, to go through the process of, of seeing why that is and give them essentially all the answers to it, then it will go away. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my, my vulnerable moment of Yeah, you got caught that. up in the ideological or intellectual oppression. Mm-hmm. I was oppressed. But you caught up in it mm-hmm. because they tell you all the time, well, just teach me, just explain to me. So you you have that. Mm-hmm. It's always in the back of your mind. It is. Even if they're not there and they're not present in the room. It's true. You know, right, you still had that thing, thought. Ebony, we getting off of this. Why are we getting off? We getting off. We love y'all. Do we have another announcement? Nope. Yes, May we t- no, we don't. May 12th, Rachel and Social Justice 102 with Ebony and myself. We will have the time and all that jazz probably in the description of this because the way I'm trying to do this is that we have it already in this setup. And I'll say, I'll do the, I'll write it. But if you thought one-on-one was good, you just tune in. It'll be just Erica on too. It's not true. Yes, it is true. It's 102 with Ebony and Erica. Okay, we're done. Um. Oh, the last thing is that we got comps for the ones that are available on podium. Oh, yes. So if anybody needs to jug... 25 comps. Yeah, if anybody needs to jug, holler at us, email management at iheartericka.com. That's I-H-A-R-T-E-R-I-C-K-A dot com. Management at iheartericka.com so we can hook you up. Um, You know, I just want everybody to be safe. Um, Yes. To folks who are grieving right now, we send you immense love and healing uh, to folks who are navigating a chronic illness 
Um, shout out to our friends that have COVID-19. Uh, we love you and we are always thinking of you. Um, and we here for you and the folks that are not our friends or friends of friends, um, or family members, and you are scared right now, or you are unable to even go to a hospital to make sure that they're okay. We just send you so much love. If you are a cancer survivor and you haven't been able to do a follow-up appointment or you're in chemo treatment right now and you have fa- uh, afraid to go to chemo, not just because of chemo, but be also because of COVID-19, we stand with you and we, we also love you and send you love and we lift you up. Um, and you got this. Um, and you're going to get through in community. Yeah. Um, and that's just the way that that's going to go. So we, you know, continue to, I know sending love is not sufficient, but we try to, you know, send funds as well and to uh, just be there for people, even if we don't know you. So just, you know, let us know how y'all are doing. You can email us. You can message us on Instagram. It kind of runs like our Instagram. Um, so whatever y'all need, we, tr- we try to show up for our people. I also want to, you know, send a shout out to everybody out there who parents or grandparents or family members are still siblings and all of that. Cousins, nieces, mm-hmm. nephews still have to work and are working, are being, you know, tricked into thinking that they're essential when the fact that they're being forced to work during this time is is a message that that means that they're disposable in the That's eyes right. of the states. But y'all are That's not right. disposable to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care what the state thinks about you. Um, and I just want to, you know, just I'm just thinking about that all the time. You know, as somebody who has multiple family members who work from who don't work from home, whose work can't be transmuted um, from working from home. I just want to send a shout out to also people who, you know, it ain't enough gratitude list or whatever the fuck in the world to try to make this shit seem right or seem normal right now. Yeah. Um, while, while lots of people are dying. So if you are also having a bit of an existential crisis, um, I want to tell you doing the right thing, that crisis and that, that, that feeling that you have it right now and these it's thoughts perfect. that you have it right now, you on the right track. It's perfect, and so are you. And we love and we care about you, and um, we just thankful, you know. Thankful. Yeah. Thank y'all for listening. See you soon. At the end of it all, I find myself somewhere between the Afro horn and Sonny's blues. Like I'm hearing Kumasa, James Baldwin. Strike a phrase, strike a phrase, strike a phrase, strike a phrase, strike a phrase.